0: Hey everyone, welcome to the the very first episode of the rebranded version of this podcast. So it is now the Lift Free and Diet Hard podcast uh, and I'm your host, Andrew Coates. And if you're listening and going, well, wait a second, what the hell is going on with the Fitness Devil? And this is not the first episode of that stream. It's on the same podcast download stream. And for 150 episodes, me and my uh, good friend, Dean Guido, we hosted the Fitness Devil podcast. But Dean's life is getting, well, busy, and his projects are adding up. So he asked that I take this over solo while he focuses on his side podcast. Uh, well, it's now his main, The Pump with Jeb Stuart Johnston. And uh, I'll answer a little bit more about that. But uh, first, you know, in relaunching this and rebranding a bit, I wanted to bring back our most popular guests, some of our biggest hitters. So I figured we start with the person who quantifiably has the largest amount of downloads in a single episode, well over 10,000. So my friend Sohi Lee, welcome back.
1: Hello. Hello. I feel very honored. I feel like this is a, I, I, I don't know why, I don't know why you chose me, but I'm happy to be here.
0: We've talked that's a- very
1: defeatist. That's you know what? That's very defeatist language, and it's something I'm working on with my therapist. So I should not have said that. I retract that statement. I am very happy to be here. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's actually an interesting point because I mean, how many people do you meet? You pay them a compliment, and their immediate default response is to sort of deflect or think that they're somehow yeah. Not it, and I mean,
1: I was taught to do that. I was taught that it was a rude um to accept just point blank accept a compliment. I was actually taught it was. It was more polite to turn down food when you were offered food or drink. You had to turn it down. It was rude to accept. I don't know. I don't know where we learned these things, but they're backwards.
0: I think anyone of a Ukrainian background or a lot of like European background, it would be very much the opposite. Uh, Or I think uh, Hispanic backgrounds. You refuse food. That's very rude.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm like, yes. (laughs) Very happy to. Oh,
0: it's it's great to have you on. I mean, you and I have talked before about this and, you know, I originally discovered you one of the reasons why we do this podcast is a lot of a lot of trainers a lot of fitness professionals follow it and it's a great way to introduce them to a lot of the great people in the industry now you're more widely known you're well known in the industry now but i once upon a time found you because you're on the physique science radio podcast with lane norton who i had followed for a really long time so that's that's where i found you and then started you know following more of your stuff reading your work um you know following your social media met you it's about three and a half just, yeah it's like I know, think like
1: maybe 2016 or maybe a year later I don't know when it was around then three yeah. four years ago
0: exactly right and then you know it's it's also something I like to talk about a lot is how if you go to fitness events first of all go to them because you'll actually meet people like mine. oh they're
1: great
0: yeah you also meet the people that you know you've been following for a really long time and I you know I'd say two-thirds are our, our podcast guests I've met through these type of events and everybody's really down there they get the occasional exception exception who's a bit of a jackass, but almost everybody else is just really cool and you never know where these sort of things can lead so yeah you're in spain (laughs) yeah Yeah, so obviously you know we're still things
1: i thought i'd never be doing this year huh yeah
0: um ended up in the accidental jet set lifestyle yes it was completely
1: completely unplanned um and given a lot of it is not necessarily entirely within our control so you know um, my boyfriend, Ben Carpenter, who I'm sure a lot of people already know and follow has amazing content and is the best human. Uh, anyway, that's not the point of this podcast, is it? So <laughs> we, uh, we were in California at the beginning of this year. Um, but because he is a UK citizen, he can only stay for nine days at a time. So we already, we knew that come late March that we'd have to leave at some point for, and then we thought, well, we'll be out of the country for a few months and then obviously come back in Um, because I have an apartment in LA. I've got a lease there, I've got two dogs, my family's nearby and so on. And we were starting to, you know, just get settled in, you know, like form our new friend groups and so on. Because I had just moved there myself as well. Um, But also as we know, that's when COVID-19 hit really hard. Uh, February late March especially Um, and then everyone basically it felt like the whole world went into lockdown so um, we ended up staying in um, we were in England we were there for longer than we thought we would have to be and even now um, you know we thought we'd be back in the country by by this point but given that especially the U.S. um, is has still a lot of travel restrictions and whatnot Um, foreign travelers from Countries like Europe and you know, not countries like places like Europe and UK cannot enter the US, uh, which is why we're in Spain for the time being. Um, so we've been here for about a month at this point. So we left England to come here once they formed their air bridge, and we we could come here um, without having to quarantine for fourteen days. And um, life here. So we're in Malaga, Marbella area, and life here is actually pretty. It feels pretty normal, uh, besides just having to wear a mask when you're you know in public. But gyms are open, um, restaurants are open, we can actually do a lot more here than we could back in England. So um, that has been a nice, a nice change. So um, we don't know how long we'll be here, but uh, I think um, trying to stay positive. You know, we both work from home, home, quote unquote. So we're fortunate to be able to still make money living basically anywhere in the world, which is why we're able to do this. Uh, so obviously we're very fortunate in that regard. But yeah, have no idea when we're gonna be back in the US, hopefully sooner rather than later. But given how the year's been going, it's hard to say.
0: Yeah, this has been nice. <laughs> and we just had um I'm in Edmonton, Alberta, so our city just announced that in all public places uh you have to wear masks. And if you're working out in a gym, it's an exception. So that's gonna be an adjustment. I yeah. actually ordered some face shields and so I actually thought about this, right? And everybody's, and this is actually a big pet peeve of mine, is our industry is obsessed with arguing about masks. So number one, I think that's a really stupid waste of your time. And I actually think for all you guys, oh, think about this. Hey, it's sort of out of, your, out of your scope. Traders love to fuck around with shit that's inside your scope. Well, what I actually see a lot of it is, is condescending, shaming sort of stuff out of, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of people. Uh, some who are really, really great people. And I see that stuff and that stuff just rubs me the wrong way because I'm, I'm not sure anybody's really in love with the idea of wearing a mask. And again, you have a following, you have your clientele or whatever. We're probably going to represent a fairly broad spectrum of, of thoughts. And so my thoughts are, guys, focus on the fitness stuff, focus on the stuff that your people want to hear. And if you're arguing with each other about masks, especially if it gets really ugly, uh, no, I think everybody loses there. I mean, we've got to deal with it. It's the way the world is right now. And, uh, you know, eventually it'll go away. And I figured out a solution. I'm just going to wear a face shield. So that way I don't have this, like, tight-fitting cloth. Now, I'll have masks just in case, you know, I don't have a face shield. I've got to go in certain types of places. But I figured if I'm going to be working, you know, half my day at Evolve, and hey, I think this is a perfect solution. Actually, it's a better protective barrier anyway. So, fuck okay, it, right? So that's out there. Um, yeah. i ask you about, you know, the ability to keep – your business going while you are working on the road. A lot yeah. of people have this dream of, you know, oh, I want to be fully online and travel the world. Well, you're doing it kind of accidentally, but it, you make it sound—it's yeah. like, hey, not all it cracked up to be.
1: Um, yeah, so I will say that I think being on the road as much as I have been this year is definitely, I think, is overrated because I am like a total homebody. I love my routine. I love like, you know, my bed, my couch, my kitchen, everything. And to not have those things. And like, you know, every time you go to a new hotel or apartment to stay and you have to adjust to whatever they have available for you. So that, you know, is not ideal. And then obviously missing people and pets and so on that you have like a home um, that can be tough for sure. But first thing I will say about, yes, I do think a lot of people, maybe they fantasize about one day, one day I want to work from home and make my full-time business, you know, be, I can be on my couch the whole time or whatever. And um, that usually means being independent right? Owning your own business, or maybe you're working for someone else, but again, working from home. And I think the thing to, to realize with that, because I definitely have come across people who um, have found that they actually hate, or they either, they either strongly dislike, or they're not well suited for the work from home lifestyle, where let's say, for example, if you have to get back to clients um, via email in a timely manner, they really struggle to do that. It's like pulling teeth for them. Or if they have to have like lots of Zoom meetings, hate that. They'd rather do like face-to-face stuff. Or, you know. So I think the online business, um, and I'm just I'm just gonna say for the sake of this um, episode, it's talking specifically about fitness businesses. Although I'm sure it applies to a lot of other industries. Um, I think running an online business is definitely not for everyone. And I also think, uh, and that's by that same token, being an entrepreneur is not not for everyone. So, um, yeah, I have been running my online business um, for eight and a half years now. I have lived in numerous different states across the U.S. during that time from um, Northern California, where I was still in college when I started my business, to New York, Connecticut, Georgia, everywhere. And, you know, every time it was a matter of, it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter what your time zone is, the principles of working from home are the same. Are you getting your projects done in a timely manner? Are you getting back to your clients or whoever needs you in a timely manner um, and doing what you need to do? Because there's not going to be people hovering over your shoulder necessarily making sure that you're doing your work and keeping you accountable. So can you be accountable to yourself? Um, even if you are staying somewhere that feels like a vacation, can you make sure you get what you need to do? You know, Do your work first before you go out and have your fun? Um, yeah, I think that can be kind of tough for some people to do. And it's not always fun. Honestly, sometimes I'm like, you know, I wish I could take a week or two weeks fully off my business. That's not really an option right now.
0: I don't think a lot of people in the world we're in, you really don't get that option. You maybe you're someone like, uh, you know, a a Dr. Mike Gizertel builds up RP, have a great team. Right. Yeah. This entity with great people underneath you who run a lot of the stuff. And then, sure, you can turn around. And I'm not really sure Mike ever really does take a full week off anywhere. I think he just hangs out in his pajamas watching Dragon Ball Z. That's <laughs> like, Mike for you. And uh, and they're a great organization, but not everybody gets to build up something of that level. You know, maybe, again, you get your John Berardi, who we, uh, we, uh, we recently had on, you know, the previous incarnation of the episode. It's going to be funny when I say, oh, yeah, we used to have this person on, but, hey, this is episode number one. Like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. So John Brody was on, and he's really still very much a figurehead for uh, precision nutrition, yeah. but he's really stepped away from it. He's getting involved in other things now. But yeah. John also, you know, he's not the norm; he's the exception. He's a a founder and a a very very high profile example of success in our world.
1: Yeah, I think it. I think it really depends too on when you are starting out as an entrepreneur, um, let's say in fitness. Do you want to be known? as an individual, like, does Andrew Coates want to be known as Andrew Coates, or do you want to be part of a, um, a, a business that you have helped found that you're not, not necessarily face of kind of like, you know, PN, Precision nutrition, kind of like, um, RP that Mike Israel held is Cause I'm sure a lot of people don't know, Hey, did you know that Mike is actually one of the guys, main guys behind RP? because that's not necessarily who you think of, or like, maybe there's not really a person you associate RP with at all, because the brand kind of stands, you know, by itself, doesn't have someone's face on it. Whereas like me, for example, so he fit everyone, a lot of people know me as like, so he Lee or so he fit. Um, so I am my brand. So I think that is, um, an important distinction to make. And I think, you know, obviously both avenues have their pros and cons, but I think the, um, one of the drawbacks of the way that i did it is yeah it is it is hard to take time off can be hard and when you um potentially when you hire other people to help with your business um it can be hard especially if everyone like wants to work with you because you again you are your brand right anyway yeah that's just something to keep in mind
0: pete Dupuis, we've had him on a few times and he virtually every podcast he ever does he mentions how you know, all these parents because pete does all the sales and so for Cressy Sports Performance, you know, the yeah. parents, of, you know, 12, 13 year old kids who think their kid's going to be the, the one who makes the big show. It's like, yeah, so when do I get to work with Eric? Or I want to talk to Eric.
1: Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, actually, Eric is in Florida and Eric is also now the strength conditioning coach director of, I'm not sure the exact title of the New York Yankees. So, you know, I'm sorry, but your 12 year old's probably not getting any, uh, you know, one on one time with Eric Cressy. Uh, and he, using the example of like putting your name on the business, he's talked repeatedly about how much sort of regret having done that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes it's hard to realize that until years down the road. And then you look back, you know, and you're like, I wish thinking more like long-term where do you ultimately want to be? But sometimes you don't really know. Sometimes you don't know where you want to end up or how you want your business to look like in five years or 10 years from now
0: it's a great problem to actually discover that.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I don't think
0: anybody who's in that position is going to be really upset that they they wound up in that position. I also find with names that most of the people in our industry who are very well known, they use their name as their brand. I notice a lot of trainers use, especially with their Instagram accounts, they use uh, a business name that's separate. Now, you know, everybody likes to find their business name but I do find personally a lot of those names sound very generic and you don't then like I'll follow certain accounts and I I can't always remember who is the person that I know by name who has that business name and sometimes it's just a personal trainer's business and yeah, I, yeah 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 and my thoughts on that one are kind of tough because it's like shit you stand out more as an individual right so if the goal is brand growth and reach and helping more people i'm almost biased towards using your name if you are in fact a trainer if you're building up something like a company like again we use precision or or rp then i think yeah that's the other way but i suppose it's also fair to say if we if precision nutrition and renaissance Creativation were two of the biggest companies in the space in the world in this then and let's say some trainer opened up renaissance training in their gym uh, it wouldn't have any meaning to it. So it's meaning is also because of its success. So looking back at it, we know what it is Therefore, like, Oh yeah, it's Renaissance Creatization. So, eh. but I kind of prefer, you know, following fitness professionals who go by their own name as their brand first.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, despite some of the difficulties that come with being your own brand, I do, I do ultimately prefer it this way because yeah, I think for me, my platform and the message that I send across and the things I talk about do tend to be, a lot of times you know somewhat personal in that they are oftentimes a reflection of like what i am learning or what i you know what i believe or what i'm going through stuff like that and i also find that um followers um can feel a lot more connected to you and your brand as a person and that connection can be really invaluable
0: do you think that I mean, I think I know the answer is, do you feel like your followers are more connected to you the last, say, you know, five, six months or whatever? Because you've really pivoted in a lot of ways. And um, if, someone, yeah. if someone wants to go into the depths of kind of the catalyst of all that, you know, you've talked about that, uh, you know, on a podcast with Jill Coleman and, and Danny J, and, and I think that's a known thing. But, you know, you've, you've got your relationship with Ben and that's something that you now showcase. You're a lot more open about, who you are, uh, you, you smile and you're having fun and everything in ways that you just was never new. What, but it's uh, true. and uh, would yeah. know. new. so there's been a dramatic shift, but I think that's what to put it is you've been a lot more of your own personality. You've said it as much versus kind of just that very polished professional. Yeah. And
1: I think it's like, it's not that I, yeah, it definitely, it's not that I'm a different person now. I think it's just more, I, I have less of a wall that I put up Um, and know, don't get me wrong. I'm still very, very private in many, many ways. Like I'm the kind of person who would be terrified if, um, my, like my home address was public, for example, I'm just so private, um, in that regard. But, um, I feel more, I feel like I have the space to really be myself more and, you know, being around people who actively encourage that has been huge for it. And, um, yeah, it has, it has been funny. I've gotten so many messages from people saying you look like, you know, it's night and day, you look so much happier now. And I'm also starting to be a lot more open about my own, um, struggles, like mental health struggles and so on. And that resonates with so many people. I actually just, uh, did some stories on it yesterday and I was so overwhelmed with so, I don't know that I've ever gotten this many uh, story replies in my life in as long as I've been on Instagram that I think I only opened one. <laughs> I I, like, I was so overwhelmed. I was like, I don't even know where to begin. Um, Yeah. So I think that resonates with a lot of people and helps them, you know, feel less alone. And, and I, I you know people say like, it's nice to see someone with a big following um, openly talk about something that is so stigmatized and yeah, that's been pretty
0: cool. Well, one of my best friends, uh, Sarah, so she, f- I, she started following you on my recommendation and so she loves your stuff and she actually mentioned that very specifically. I told her you were coming on as the first guest of the rebrand Aww. and she mentioned the stuff, how she likes how you're being more open about the mental health stuff and you've always been open about, uh, you know, the history, the past with disordered eating behavior. Yeah. And right? like that for sure, but it didn't really go much beyond that and (laughs) i
1: I find the aging sort of stuff very easy to talk about now Mm -hmm. in comparison to the even even though technically like anorexia and bulimia are technically like forms of you know mental health absolutely struggles um specifically talking about like depression or even if it's not depression you know anything that you're struggling with that i find more difficult for sure
0: with the mental health stuff it, it is getting talked about a bit more in the industry Um, you can sometimes notice that there are people who go the other end of the spectrum where they, they dive into it to the point where it's like, you know, Oh, there's being vulnerable. And then there's obviously being really using it as a a tactic and a ploy. And it's. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to be like that.
0: Yeah. there's Nothing to be further from the truth. Like yours is always authentic, whatever you're doing, but you found, have you found that, You know the engagement has grown to another level since you know you're showing more more of your life and more of those sides of you
1: um yeah i i i I would say so i think my um dms for example are a lot more active than they used to be just because like you know when you're when you're all you're doing is educating which i think is obviously fantastic uh sometimes there are a lot of people who would follow you for your content, but might not necessarily find a reason or feel the need to like reach out to you personally. Right. They're like, Oh, I'm just here to consume your free content. I have nothing to say to you actually. Um, but when I'm like, you know, I think I've had, I have depression. I've had it for a very long time, blah, 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 blah. People are like, Oh my God, me too. And I, you know, stuff like that. Um, so yes, I, I, I do think it has, has been good, but again, like I, my goal is never to exploit, any of that kind of stuff, and I still want to very much keep my platform um, primarily education based.
0: I think there's something to this as well. A lot of people who are really successful in our space they can seem very superhuman, and that can be a barrier to relatability, especially for the yeah. coach and trainer who's you know trying to scrape it out. And, and look what COVID did right now. I think COVID sort of. I don't know how to use the find the right words when it comes to like economic stuff, but I think it's created a bit of a divide, an even wider divide between the very successful who are very established and they're going to be fine. And you obviously have these newcomers into the industry who are passionate about it and they don't quite know what they're stepping into. But I feel like the middle, that group that, you know, on a good day, they're always kind of worried about, you know, oh, if they're going to be able to keep their clients, if they're going to be able to make enough money.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I don't know if anybody's noticed, but we haven't had a lot of good days the last five or six months in terms of, optimal, yeah. you know, environment for trainers. So I feel like that particular year of trainers are going to flee the industry really aggressively and I'm already seeing it, right? So I feel like you're getting this almost like economic, Split between the haves and the have nots, and I think it's sort of growing in a sense. I think the industry will rebound, and I think there'll be a lot of opportunity for new and, and yeah. the people who are passionate about it but haven't really had enough time with the everyday struggle to have been scared the hell out of the industry. So we got that, but I think that that superhuman tier could be seen as really oh, I could never achieve that, you know, I could never reach that point. Like, I definitely remember what it felt like um you know I, I i talk about this a lot i used to read t nation every morning as well i still do um you know just see all the people that you know have been guests on the podcast that i've met in my travels and think about this tier of people that will oh that's unattainable you know never you know i could never reach that and all of a sudden you know a year and a half of writing for t nation and hosting a conference and having a lot of people you know like that speak and having on the podcast and, and the point of that message is not to quote brag about what I've managed to do. It's to say that anyone else who's, who is hungry to do that or would love to, it's yeah. totally attainable. You have to put a lot of time and work into it and you've got to go out and make these you know connections and relationships. You've got to write, you've got to create content consistently, but it is absolutely attainable. So uh, going back to that, uh, the superhuman sort of quality, are there any sort of less than superhuman things that, you know, you struggle with that people don't necessarily get to see, or you know, as all yeah. this really big cumulative success in, from their point of view. I mean, you may still like you have feel like you have a lot to accomplish, but you know, they don't necessarily see the the struggles or the failures or whatever. And so, I'm sort of curious about the stuff that you do, as as attitude, as habit, as behavior, that gets you through those struggles. And there's probably the same stuff that built you up to where you are in your career, anyway.
1: Um, so I will say that, yes, you're right. I think anyone who has, most people who have achieved a high level of, of success in this industry, um, barring a few exceptions who, you know, again, they are exceptions, uh, have been at doing what they've been doing for a very long time. They've simply been extremely consistent over years and years and years and years. And um, yeah, it is very easy to see someone with a large following whose business is doing really well and being like, I don't know how that person got there. I'll never get there um when in reality you know there's a lot of stuff that's happening behind the things they're probably working their ass off that you and you don't see how much they're working because not everyone's posting oh my god guys I worked this many hours today or like here are all the things that I'm doing um that you guys you know in the background and so on and um I think for me my I want to be very clear on what my long-term mission was even even if the, um, you know, the manifestation of my brand kind of does evolve over time. I'm, you know, I'm okay with that because I know I'm going to be changing over time and learning more. And maybe um, over the years, I'll change my viewpoint on certain matters. And and, and hopefully, I I would hope I am actually, I think that's a sign that you're growing as a as a professional. Um, And uh, even in the past, you know, six, seven, eight months, my brand has shifted a little bit as well. Um, But the underlying mission has always been the same, which is to educate the masses help clear up a lot of the fitness misconceptions and help them, you know, live, not make the mistakes that I made all in my own fitness journey and be able to, you know, work fitness into their lives in a way that enhances their overall uh, quality of life, you know, rather than detracting from it. And so keeping that in mind, it's been, um, and, and then also, finding the overlap between what's going to accomplish that as well as what do I enjoy doing with my time that's going to help people and, you know, whatever that overlap is doing that in a way that will, um, in many ways, you know, ends up being free content or free work, but also there is, there are some avenues for making revenue and so on. And, um, you know, for a long, many years, I did a lot of online coaching as well as in-person coaching. And in recent years, I started to shift a little bit more toward, uh, even though I have a few clients of my own still, I'm shifting more towards uh, focusing more on educating um, on a larger scale, educating other people on a larger scale. It's just what I love more. And I think when I remember like what my ultimate goal is and what my ultimate mission is, um, that is what keeps me going. That's not to say that like I don't have days where I just – especially with the mental health stuff, you know, not to say that I don't have days when nothing, barely anything gets done. Right. And all I can do is, um, like pop into my Facebook group of my clients and answer a few posts and then be done for the day. Um, cause that does happen, but you know, that's more the exception, not the norm. Um, so yeah. And, uh, setting up systems over time with my business, trying to be more efficient as pop, um, hiring, you know, help when I, when I don't have, the hands to do everything on my own and so on all of that's been really
0: good you've uh, you fired a team you mentioned that earlier and uh, so Myra is one of your team and she and I chat yeah. over, over Instagram she's great she yeah. stuff she's done. wonderful really wonderful so throw a shout out to her uh, I'm sure she'll be listening to this but so when you are reducing the actual one-on-one client load that you're working with directly you know, people can still coach under your systems and the coaches that yeah. you have I mean, they come in with their own education but you certainly train them and, and built a, a philosophy behind how you want all your coaches to work with so that yeah. every, every coach is going to have their own individual way of doing things but there's still got to be some reasonable framework and consistency so you know, people can still work with you know, the people who are really close to you and get that quality of, uh, of experience.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, that's what I wanted to do because, you know, I I got to a, a certain point where the, um, demand for people wanting to work with me was very high, which obviously I'm, was happy with, but I was also starting to feel overwhelmed. I knew that if I took on too many clients, then I Um, would start to feel burnt out and the quality of my coaching would drop. I wouldn't enjoy what I was doing as much anymore and that's not good for them either. And so while I said, well, you know, there are people who have been asking to work for me and so on. So um, the demand for that is there as well. So I started hiring um, and I'm very slow to hire. Um, Speaking of Myra, um, she'll laugh if she hears this, but I was so reluctant to hire um, a coach that I interviewed her six times, <laughs> six times before I hired her.
0: <laughs> it says a lot about her to persevere through that. and just.
1: Oh yeah. She's, she's, yeah. I, I can't say enough good things about her, but yeah, it's been almost two years. She's been with me now, um, in a coaching capacity and she helps with some like assistant work as well. Uh, she does a lot of my graphic designs and so on, uh, and other projects, but, yeah, I uh, I wanted to find people who want the same, who had the same mission that I did, um, who obviously weren't just in it for the likes, the followers, the money, anything like that. And um, something I had to learn recently, or in recent years, was um, also had to be a good personality fit for with the team, right? Because what I've learned is, you know, all it takes is one bad apple mm-hmm. who butts heads to ruin the dynamic for everyone and that is enough to make keep me up at night where i can't sleep because i'm so upset and anxious about why you know there's tension here there's this happening um so yeah i, I have had to do that but it has been cool i've got three three coaches now um, working under me to uh rachel myra and brian first meal coach and mm-hmm. hoping to take on uh maybe one or two more by the end of this year but it's been, honestly, it's been really fun, the, the having the team dynamic, that's something that you don't get, obviously, when you're a one-man operation. And that's been really fun, especially when we have our meetings and so on. Um, and given that everyone's in different places, every, all the meetings obviously happen online. Um, but even so, it's it's really fun and adds a level of, um, I think, enjoyment and satisfaction that you um, kind of don't get when you're doing things by yourself and also obviously it's good to like bounce ideas off each other and so on
0: this is something we're seeing a bit more of now and i think covid may actually be accelerating um, a lot of my industry friends have been looking for the stability and, and are comfortable with the idea of working as part of an organization so stronger you is one of the really popular ones yeah. Mike, yeah. mike's great i'm gonna bring him on in the near future he's already excited to come on and there's a lot of people who are looking for jobs at companies like Stronger U and Macros Inc., Jay Weiss Company. Yeah. Uh, they love beginning with renaissance periodization, but they pretty much only hire people with master's level or PhD. Uh, I
1: have, you know what? Good for them. I mean, I'm, I'm not quite to that level, but for the most part, you know, um, I do have like some level of standard. And even though we know formal education is not everything, it's not everything, but it is something. Right? Um, yeah, so it's good for them.
0: I mean, they, they do hire people who don't technically have that for various different things. Our friend, Carol McDonald, she works for them now and she's loving it, yeah. she's an important part of their, their support and structure, but she's not you know, one of their coaches either. Um, anyway, so you're seeing more and more of these trainers that are feeling comfortable with the idea of being part of a greater brand identity. Yeah. A lot of trainers think, oh, they have to grow their own and be successful with their own name. And it's really okay to go this other road and yes, the right kind of personality fit. Now, every once in a while, someone like our friend Derek Stanley, uh, he Decently branched has, off. Yeah, he branched off and is doing his own thing. And he's just one of the nicest, most awesome guys ever. And he, Great guy. He, yeah, agreed. Passion he, really about what he does. Uh, we all got to hang out together in Texas in Dallas. That
1: was a really fun time.
0: That was really fun. Yeah, you invited agreed. me to meet Lane for the first time, and uh yep. Brad was there, and I met uh, that's Jeff right, Daniel, who's wonderful. Yeah, and New Meyer these are all great people. And just this little, uh, what is it? Uh, God, what's, what's the company? It's, uh, Dinah. Hell shoot. is Dynamite. Thank you.
1: Yeah.
0: The little, little Dynamite thing. And, and Eric Lee Salazar and some of his friends were there and, yeah. and Derek came and drove an hour to to meet up with us. And yeah, that was fun. So like, see, like go to stuff like this. If you get the chance to do this stuff, you'd never believe, uh, you know, what can come out of it. But yeah, Derek's sort of, he's stepping out on his own, but, uh,
1: I talked to him, um, yeah, pretty recently. He's doing really well, it seems like.
0: He is doing really well. He just put up yeah. a photo, he actually, he actually it tagged me in it and copied one that I put up recently because I took a, a photo, I had a photo taken based on Carolyn and uh, another friend of mine's urgings, okay, you need to have a profile photo that doesn't make you, like, I have this one sleeveless, you know, looking shredded. And I'm not a competitive bodybuilder by any stretch, but it, it looks like that bodybuilder men's physique sort of photo. And with my social media following growing, actually quite quickly, very few of my clients are the type of young guy who wants to put on muscle. I deal with people of all ages, young athletes, older adults. Yeah, and right. Women. I mean, outside of the teen Asian writing, which is, is for the, the jack bro types, most of the rest of my my stuff isn't geared towards that image. Meanwhile, that's the first thing people are seeing. So as soon as someone mentioned, I'm like, shit, you're right. I got to get rid of this blank. Yeah. And uh, so I went with something that was a little bit more soft and every day and I wrote up this post along with it all these things that you know about me that people didn't necessarily know and people went completely bananas on it so Derek turned around and copied it tagging oh me. yeah
1: no I saw that I saw that yeah yeah yeah
0: people went nuts those are,
1: yeah those are fun t- I, I enjoy yeah I think from a follower perspective I actually do find myself I do enjoy reading those uh, about other people whose pages I like following because it's like oh I get to learn more about you in a way that I normally don't yeah, it is fun.
0: My Witcher, you know, anyone who's actually watching the video of this, because uh, I am planning on doing these on YouTube now, you know, my Witcher figurines, Geralt's up there and I, <laughs> I love uh, the Witcher. And so, and, and I put that up on my social media. There's a few other aspects, but there's a lot of stuff that people don't know. So I should share more. Um, but it goes into you sharing more of you on your social media. more Yeah, too. It,
1: it is funny. Like when you show, when you share like the TV shows that you like to watch or like your pets. people love Ollie and Jelly. Um, you know, the food that I'm eating lately, that kind of stuff, people like it.
0: It's something that they share with you. Like when yeah. I, uh, you know, pictures of my cat, Ozzy, then I get more inbox stuff than anything else.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: It's all, it's all these women, they just love Ozzy. And he's cute, so cool. But sorry, you can't have him. I'm keeping him. I'm rather fond of him.
1: <laughs> yeah. So
0: another thing that I wanted to ask you about, when we dance around sort of content creation, one of the things that you do really well is, you know, you take a lot of pretty straightforward stuff and you put it out, make it really accessible. And I think a lot of coaches struggle with the, you know, the, where do I, where do I come up with ideas? How do I create content? I think they're yeah. all afraid to say the, the everyday stuff that they feel like has been said a thousand times. And, you know, you create new and interesting ideas, but a lot of your stuff is not, you know, earth shatteringly need to be novel it's it's actually it's just well put together basic concepts and you're doing it constantly and you've been doing it for years so obviously that doesn't go out of style but these coaches are afraid of doing it so do you want to explain kind of that
1: yeah yeah so I think there's the mentality and I I'm I think I'm I'm fortunate in many ways because I feel like when I first started out my business I wasn't planning on doing what I'm doing now it wasn't this is my eight-year plan whatever it was more like well I have some extra time. I enjoy doing this. Let's see if I can start a blog and see what happens. And well, if I'm going to be collecting money, then I have to have, you know, I have to form an actual business. So here's my LLC. And then one thing, you know, just leads to another and ta-da. But one thing that I did have going for me that I think would actually serve me really well was I was a little bit naive in that I didn't have any of the um, doubts and fears that a lot of people have when they start out as entrepreneurs. Like what if I fail? What if no one buys my product? I never had any of that. It was like, oh, my ebook's done. Hey guys, it's done. And then whatever, however many sales I got, I'd be like, woo, yay. And then, you know, there's none of the anxiety, none of the doubting, none of it. And even with like the, the amount of revenue I made every month, I was like, whatever I make, I make. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. I go down, I don't care. Next month is better. Great. You know? So in that way, it was like, I didn't have the like mental resistance and so on that I know a lot of people struggle with. And when I come to, when it came to creating content, I really just started out with, well, what am I interested in that I think will help other people. Right. And as I kept coaching people and I worked with more, more clients and by the way that's where you can get a lot of your ideas is through conversations with clients and the questions that they ask you is you keep seeing, you you keep noticing the same things coming up over and over and over and um i noticed from my perspective as well when i'm you know following other people's content and so on sometimes i notice it'll take four five six times for me to see the same message for it to really sink in and um So that's when I realized, you know what, um, one, people aren't doing enough of the basics in fitness. So, uh, we need to be constantly reminding them of that. And even though maybe for people like us, certain concepts may seem very obvious and, you know, simple and so on, uh, to a lot of people, it's not to a lot of people. It's not, and we're not reaching enough of those people of the general population who are not necessarily fitness minded or they're new to fitness. So something, When I say, oh, like this is obvious to me, I'm like, who cares? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not obvious to your aunt, to your grandma, to your uncle, to your cousin. They need to know this stuff too. And so I think, you know, maybe I make a video on topic and it resonates with some people, but not with others because they're not video people or they're just not at the point in their lives when they're ready to be receptive to my message. So if I do it again in two months in the form of an infographic, maybe they're like, ah, I get this or maybe I do a funny meme with the same message like oh now I get it now it clicks you know so yeah I'm always like very intentionally um repeating the same messages over and over and by the way if you want to build a strong brand you should be repeating the same messages over and over you can't just always change what you're saying um I think that's how you build the base of the foundation of a very strong brand is solid consistent messaging whatever that whatever that is um yeah so I do that all the time and then over time as well you know that can slightly change and so on because you know what i was saying six years ago is not necessarily what i'm recommending now today you know
0: um you said it in there there's new people there's new entrance to fitness all the time there's the, the woman who finally reached the point where she wants to get off the the yo-yo dieting train and she's found someone like you who's who's got a better approach and she's a new follower well yeah you know, she's not going to scroll to the bottom of your feed and read, you know, a no. year's worth of, of infographics and, and posts. She's going to see the thing you post today and tomorrow and so on. Right. And people God, I mean, if only we gave a piece of information once it clicked and then someone got nutrition right for the rest of their lives. We know yeah, that right. works. You know, people pay for, you know, two hours a week coaching constantly just to be held accountable and refreshed. So the same message over and over is still resonating with and helping people who've seen it on your feed a hundred times. So there's no reason to be afraid of
1: being yeah.
0: competitive. And I found that with some of my stuff, it's kind of a half and half of things that you know is, is perspective that a lot of people haven't been seeing. But then a lot of the stuff I've been posting is very routine, very very you know old. You know, maybe said with my own words, but it's resonating with people. I'm like. You guys have heard this a hundred times but yet for some it's reason or the time yeah. it grabbed onto someone
1: but maybe maybe it's not just it's not just that people who like maybe it's not just your potential customers um and your readers want to learn from you it, a lot of it too is your colleagues see what you've written they're like i like the way he's articulated this i'm going to share it because his his sentiments echo mine, but maybe he did a better job of saying it than I did, or it's just another variation. I'm going to share that too. Um, So that's another angle to think of it. But I do think that there's a lot of value in not overthinking those things too much. Like obviously you want to have carefully thought out posts, right? If your caption is full of typos and so on, you don't want that. Um, You don't want like a half-baked thought. Be intentional and be thorough, but don't overthink it to the point where you're like, ah, oh, it's not perfect. I'm never going to post it. Cause sometimes, yeah, I have had times when I've, I've made videos and stuff where I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't love the lighting in this video. Um, but I don't really have the opportunity to refilm it necessarily. And I think it's still better if I post it anyway, cause it'll still help some people, right? Like last year or maybe the year before I did a video for my YouTube on how to calculate your dining numbers. And this is, People love that topic. They want to know, like, what are my dieting numbers and so on. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a video. And I wore these glasses and the ring light reflection. I didn't notice till after everything. It was like you could see the yellow rings in the glasses the whole video. And I was like, oh fuck. Like, you know what? I'm not gonna. I don't want to refilm this. But what I will do is make a joke about it in the first line of my caption. Oh, yeah. And then. By the, and then anyway here's your video and that was fine so at some point you got to be like you know what this is good enough i'm going to move forward anyway because i see a lot of the opposite happening where people are like if it's not perfect i'm never going to let it out and like you're, then you don't help people if you do that you'll, you won't help people
0: i've stumbled over words on these podcasts more than a few times and dean and i through the first 150 we've edited one episode ever and it was because a guest thought man you know what maybe I don't really want to talk on that topic. Hey, can you guys just take that question out? And we're like, yeah. sure, none poof, that's it. Otherwise we've never chopped up anything and yeah, we flubbed stuff and that's just part of the experience. If anything, it makes you kind of more authentic and real and people yeah. Love, yeah. love bloopers, love them.
1: Yes, yeah. a
0: blooper would be shooting uh, a, a video on my, I think it was on, well, Instagram or my Facebook or whatever, so Christian Thibodeau saw it and he's like, oh yeah, if anyone has ever heard Christian's accent, French Canadian accent. So he pops up something that he'd shared a couple of years ago as a whole series of him goofing around. And Christian is this intense, jacked, yeah. almost terrifying looking creature. And yeah. it uh, looks like Vin Diesel on like, just really gassed up. And Christian is just this goofy, sweet, wonderful guy. You see him just being playful. Yeah, yeah. that probably got more traction than anything else you shared.
1: Yeah, I I agree, too. I think, you know, when I do my educational videos nowadays, I tend to script it a lot less than I used to. Like, there was a time when I would write, you know, every word out in advance. And I know this works well for a lot of people. But for me, I find that, like, you know, the way that I'm talking now, I'm very comfortable. You can tell this is the natural way that I talk. But all of a sudden, when I have a script for me, I'm like... (gasps) Hello, my name is like I just I don't know who I am anymore, and I just and when I listen to it back, I'm like that doesn't even sound like me. So when I do videos now, I would much rather be like, okay, I have in my head these are the points that I want to mention, and let's just go. And then I feel like it turns out better for me.
0: Comes with experience. Yeah, I've scripted these things for years, and then we hit a point semi recently where we just I we got life got so busy. We just okay, I'm not going to worry about sitting down and spending two hours like you know, writing out a bunch of like crafted questions and reading them off a script, we, we had fun yeah. with that. We'd, Dean would notoriously fumble the questions and then I, we would make fun of him for screwing up words. So, and then just hit this point where we stopped doing that. And it was just free flowing and yeah. where the, the podcast took us. And these are always really fun. I'd say, like you said, preparation early on as you practice it, but you get to a point where it just becomes much more natural and whatever. Especially,
1: yeah, especially if it's a topic that you're, you know, well, you know, if you're really confident in that, it kind of like when you ask me a question live about a topic that I know well, I should be able to comfortably explain it back to you without having to be like, uh, let me look up a, like, uh, caption real quick. I know it, Right um so yeah to some degree yeah to some degree yes but I, I do love the uh more casual comfortable conversations
0: except the times where we've gotten you to go off in you know I almost hate the word rant because you know, people my
1: ranty rant ranty so he
0: and <laughs> yeah, we've gotten really fired up over it over some stuff in the past I'll say that, yeah. the first episode you're you're finding definitely go back into the old you know stuff it's all in the download stream and you know, this is the I think this is the fourth time you've been on with us. Yeah. You know, but uh, and and they're great, right? The first one was one of our earliest, and that was the one that went off to like this massive download spike. Mm-hmm. I feel like now there's so many more people doing so many more podcasts, and audiobook listening is is exploded too. So you're competing for you know m- against a lot more. But I mean, I don't yeah. worry about that. I just try to do good quality stuff and. No, our audience, our—I I gotta get used to not saying "our" anymore. The audience that is now here,
1: yours now. It's all
0: mine. It's all mine. <laughs> Dean fuck off. Um, he's got his own. <laughs> uh, It's—it's uh, been—it's been really strong and stable, and it's engaged. Uh, I get a lot of messages about it on social media. So, and that's one of the reasons why you know I keep doing this. There's a lot of reasons that go into keeping the podcast going. I get a lot of personal value out of it. And if anybody were to ask, you know, kind of what's the point of this, is like. Fuck all you guys. I want to have a conversation with Sohi and learn myself, right? I find this yeah. stuff interesting and you know, I get to hang out with my industry friends because we haven't been gathering any events this year. So, yeah. and we'll share the conversation with everybody else and hopefully they get a lot of value out of it.
1: And so one really- other
0: thing that I was curious about and let's see. Uh, oh yeah, you see now here I am fumbling over shit because I, I write notes down. Uh, the saying no to people and requests and opportunities. Yeah. Uh, I made a joke recently on Instagram about, you know, you're never going to no great opportunity is going to show up in your DMS and your Instagram, but uh, you know, you have a massive following, you know, you have a whole bunch of different things that you're involved with, you're, with your career and you've been doing it a long time. People have to be making asks of your time. The fact that I, I wanted you to come on this podcast was an ask of your time. So how do you triage those requests
1: um so well i will say that i am really bad at saying no i am a notorious people pleaser to the point where i will knowingly continually violate my own personal boundaries just to keep someone else happy and then even if i know i'll end up stressed and unhappy as a result of it i have been that way for a very long time uh so that's something i'm working on um And, you know, part of that is what is happening in in, in therapy, for example. Um, However, I will say that what has helped is um, having, um, I have someone who screens all my emails for me now. Well, well, she's been doing it for actually almost six years, six years, a long time to where there's that barrier where she, she knows what opportunities I would or would not be interested in. So a lot of times she'll just, be like, Nope, no thanks. And I don't even see it at all. Right. I don't even see like any requests, but you know, I get sponsorship requests every day, every single day I have exactly zero. I have zero, um, because you know, I haven't found any brand, um, that I feel like that one is willing to offer like a paid partnership and two that I feel like I can authentically, Vouch for, right? Um, so, yeah, those are easy to ignore, especially when they're cold emails or cold messages. And I'm like, you've never messaged me before in your life. This is obviously a copy and paste job. Um, and you're just asking for stuff from me. So, no. Um, yeah, I'm very easy for me to ignore those. But yeah, it, there are times when you get like friends or like colleagues who not necessarily are friends, but you kind of know each other asking you for stuff. And I, that's the kind of stuff that I. Like really have a hard time with, um, but you know as I'm starting to learn that saying no is not a rejection of them. It's just honoring my own boundary, <laughs> my own boundary. Because again, yeah, it is. It is asking for more of my time. And for me, like at least the way that I think of my work and my business is more in terms of energy, not time. So when you're asking for an hour and a half for me to be on a podcast explaining these concepts and so on the time I don't really care about the time so much as now I'm mentally drained. Right. Mm-hmm. And I probably won't do much for the rest of the day because that took all of my, my bandwidth. Um, so yeah, I, I am trying to be more and more protective of my time. So yeah, I, I'm actually doing like barely any podcasts lately. I'm turning them all down. Um, me obviously, and, but I
0: just drain you, the rest of your day is going to be drained because.
1: I, I think that actually today I'm okay. Today I'm okay. Uh, this isn't a um, yeah. This is a uplifting chat. <laughs> um, but uh, let's see what else. Um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not good at saying no. But I'm, I'm. It's a practice. You know, it is a skill. I think it's something that I'm trying to get better at, so I can say I'm. You know, I'm really sorry, but I don't have the. I, I can't fit into my schedule. Or um, being trying to be more unapologetic about um, being like, hey, can you reach out reach out to me in like three months, maybe or six months? And at the end of the day, if they get offended, that's their problem, not mine. And trying to be okay with that <laughs> instead of you know being riddled with guilt and anxiety and be like, oh my god, did I make them upset. You know what? I, I I'm learning at some point you have to be a little bit more selfish and look after yourself better because again, like if I'm not if I'm not feeling great, if I'm not in, um, like mo- if, if most days I'm not feeling like tip top, I'm not putting out my best work to help other people. So that just, you know, is bad news for everyone.
0: A couple of points I'll throw in there too. And, you know, anytime that I'm asking someone to be on the podcast, I mean, I have a good, really good listenership and, and following with this podcast. So this is still putting any guest who's on here in front of a lot of people two and i'm holding it in my hand so this is so book for anyone who's watched the video for eat lift thrive so yeah I, and i've actually had a lot of people in my world buy this book It's in
1: four languages now i
0: <laughs> saw that that's really cool so yeah what-
1: i'm trying where i'm pushing for spanish too um english obviously uh chinese i think it's hungarian one of my one of my clients in uh like Norway actually last year was like, did you know that your book is in this language? And I'm like, what? And then uh, most recently French. So I said, I put up, I said, hey, can we do, can we do Spanish next? That'd be cool. But yeah, four languages.
0: This book would be great for someone who really enjoys is engaged with this type of stuff you're putting up on social media, but just wants it all in one you know, package form. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's especially heavy on you know, the exercise stuff and a lot of the philosophy behind what you're teaching people. So, you know, if I'm going to have a guest out here, I want to promote the hell of them. I want you guys, I literally want you guys to go follow Sophie. If you're not already, you sh- fucking well should be. And, <laughs> you know, I also, I always do this too. And I do it very deliberately because I don't have the career I have if I don't have a handful of people who I love your your message, your work. It's taught me a lot. A lot of my nutritional philosophy is grounded in the stuff that You've posted that Lane has posted, and you and Lane obviously, you know, go back. There's a lot of you know interconnectivity there. A
1: lot of history there, yeah.
0: But a handful of other people. Um, you mentioned earlier about, you know, not a lot of fitness professionals show off, you know, how hard they're working, and sometimes it can be a little over the top. But you know, I like Luca hosavar a lot. Luke has been on here a couple of times. You know, if you want to be reminded of like, hey, just work a little bit harder. I mean, don't burn yourself out. You know, Lucas Feed. I-, I love Lucas Feed because the guy is just an absolute relentless. Um, diehard um, worker, he's a big reader, it's something else I do a lot of. Um, or, you know, Dean and I kind of got away from the running joke of mentioning Dean Somerset in every episode, but I'll throw him in here. You know, Dean is someone I've actually lived in the same city, has worked for the same company, and now we're both independent contractors under a different corporate umbrella. We're not employees, but, uh, you know, I've had access to a lot of his, uh, his continued education in my life and I followed his message and he's been your inspiration so you know I try to have people you know go and follow his work he's he's my partner in uh, the conference that we host here every year we had to cancel this year and he's one of the presenters it's like guys you know support these people because they're doing great things so and, and in your case I love having you on here because again you are literally the most popular guest that we've ever had and I love the work that you're doing and you've had a major impact on my career to where I am. And I don't know, like I feel like I'm doing pretty well here with it, with everything that's been going on. So,
1: yeah.
0: you know, another important point too, and it goes to this is, you know, if you are someone who's thinking about a podcast or you know making asks of people, well, I think you're going to go about it a lot better if you figure out a way to do a lot for them than you yeah. are just asking mm-hmm. someone for a favor that's going to be draining of them.
1: Yeah, I I think I I, I am, I am because it's like, well, don't be that person who is so like, well, I don't want to bother them. So then you never reach out to anyone. Uh, But at the same time, if you're going to reach out to someone, you know, you can be tactful about it and try to keep it more personal. I, I'm more likely to respond to someone's ask if I see that we have a history of some messages before um, building some rapport, you know, prior, as opposed to someone's like, oh, hey, hi, come on my podcast. And I get that a lot too. And I'm like, no, um, you know, so yeah, I think it's it's okay to obviously put yourself out there and, and make those connections. And as you have mentioned a couple of times already, especially if you work from home, um, but even if you don't go to those live events, they're huge for, I mean, it's obviously not this year, but a lot, every year I try to go to at least one or two big conferences. Um, and the main main purpose is to network, is not to, is not to um, attend the lectures, even though I do some of them. I do make go to a handful of lectures, but mostly the most of the value is going to come from the people you meet or see again And you talk to them, you form a connection, you come up with a business idea or you collaborate or something. Um, There's always something that comes out of even one conversation with a colleague, right? Um, When I was in Australia for a conference last two years ago, one conversation with a person there. When I came back, I changed my person structure of my coaching just from that, Mm. you know? So yeah, a lot of good things can happen.
0: Uh, We were supposed to be in... Daytona Beach this summer uh to go to the ISSN one but that got wiped out too remember I mean
1: as far as I'm aware it's still happening they just moved it to September um they actually just asked me because you know I'm supposed to, I was supposed to speak there they asked me if they think I'll be back and I and I said you know given the trajectory honestly I'm like I don't think I will be and mm-hmm. even if It sounds like, at least for now, they're planning on going ahead with it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they end up, like, you know, having to cancel because it is in Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I said, you know, I I don't feel comfortable, even if I could. Like, I don't know if I feel comfortable going to a conference this year at all, um, especially in the U.S., unfortunately. So, um, I think maybe just bump that to next year.
0: (laughs) How I'm approaching my plans, too, is, you know, hopefully everything's settled down. Yeah. and stuff next year you know i kept an open mind because i know luke is still doing his bigger ground business fitness business summit in october uh, and he's going forward with it i think he can pull it off you know? but knowing that you know right now canadians can't really travel to the u.s or at least we're not supposed to be or one of my clients just flew down to vegas and i'm like what the fuck are you doing but he's gonna have to quarantine for two weeks on his way back and i can't do you know four days in the u.s Wait, then-
1: he, took-
0: he went to vegas he went to
1: vegas they let him in yes
0: i don't know how the fuck that happened but he he booked uh-huh. it glad and you know he's 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 pretty chill he's not he's one of those people that's kind of like not too freaked out by all this stuff but yeah he's gonna play by the rules and uh, you know take two weeks to himself when comes back and uh-huh. honestly i can't take two weeks away from coaching my clients so i decided okay you know my intention was hoping things would really clear up and the u.s would kind of get their shit together and i could go but it doesn't look like that's happening so uh i gotta stay stay put
1: this year has not gone at all like I thought it would. I mean, no one, I don't think anyone would have guessed any of the events from this year, like what is happening? Um, but you know, it is what it is. And I think a big part of uh, being able to, especially from a business standpoint, stay afloat or and or thrive is uh, being able to pivot and endure the the uncomfortable, unpleasant times, yeah.
0: I got lucky in that, uh, you know, I was able to set up a, assemble a home gym just a few days before. Nice. The yeah. down And so that served me yeah. very well throughout it. And you know, we got reopened after three months. So Edmonton has been very good relative to most of North America, we haven't yeah. had an obscene amount of cases. We've managed it really well. And then, so my gym, uh, of all the where I work primarily, has, has done a super job of it. It's not too crazy a crowd, it's a, it's not a big commercial gym, it's more of a, medium-sized athletic facility, trading facility. Uh-huh. And so I found that with my home gym, I, I love it. So I decided, well, I'm gonna stay and coach my clients in the evening. So my daytime clients, you know, feel like it's super safe and feel, love it daytime at the main gym. Well, my evening clients are appreciating the fact that they kind of just come in one-on-one setting, you know, I've up yeah. stuff down there and it's, it's definitely paid for itself many times over already. And they don't have to go into a busy primetime evening gym. And then I've been able to, you know, I got a doctor, I train, right. And he's like, Hey, you know, can I, can I come in like later on a Saturday? I'm like, sure. I got no plans. Come over and like train at seven o'clock at night. I just open my door, train him for an hour. And he goes on, right. He's been loving it. So yeah, you figure out a way you pivot. Not everybody has yeah, that.
1: That's part of, honestly, that's part of being an entrepreneur is like, you never know what's going to happen. And i granted this year has been to the extreme, right. But <laughs> being an entrepreneur, you, you never know what's gonna happen. So you have to be able to think on your feet and pivot. Yeah, you have to. That's part of staying successful.
0: And if you're someone In, yeah. who to figure it out and keep most of your income, you know, you remember before, like when you're worried about, you know, keeping your clients and the people who stayed with you during COVID. I don't think going forward, barring like an alien invasion, anyone's really, who got through this is gonna have to worry about being able to keep their clients and, and have a sustainable career.
1: So yeah, I always say like there's so many people that we're still not helping. There's never going to be a sort of shortage of Demand like the demand is out there Right, maybe you just need to get yourself in front of them so that they know who you are and they know what services you offer and they want to purchase your services, but um, Yeah, we're not helping nearly enough people. There's so many people who need our help who who don't have never heard about us maybe or they don't know where to start. They're lost. Um, but yeah, the the every time I, I address a seemingly um, you know basic nutrition myth or training myth, a lot of people are like, "Yeah, that we already know that." But I'm like, "But so many more people don't. Still don't." Yeah. So yeah, the demand is always going to be there.
0: And another thing that I thought of earlier, but it's worth mentioning to anyone who's trying to create content too. It, it, you sort of hit on it a little bit, but don't worry about what the more established, you know, people, you know, the trainers, especially the people that you kind of look up to if they're on your yeah. social media, if you're your Facebook friends, a they're going to be happy to see you doing really good work, even if it's fairly basic concept stuff, but you're not writing for them, Right. You're not selling to like anything that I post, you are never going to be a client of mine. Right. So I'm not trying to post to impress you. I'm not trying to, imp- post to impress some of the other people I mentioned earlier, but I suspect very strongly that you guys are probably more impressed with the things I'm doing because I'm serving an audience well versus writing something that technically, scientifically meets your standard. Meanwhile, the stuff you post is to the end user anyway, right? So I'm not trying to post something that Lane is going to look at and go, yeah, you know, that, okay, he cited that study correctly and actually, okay, good. He got the, no,
1: yeah, oh, I think- the
0: chemistry of that right.
1: I feel like a lot of people, maybe they focus too much on trying to impress other people with like, look at how smart I am or look at how knowledgeable I am. But why don't you, I think it's more helpful to focus on what's going to, what kind of information and what form of communication is going to reach people the most? How can I get across to people most effectively? And oftentimes that's not using big words. Oftentimes that's not being like, here are the details of this study. <laughs> Sometimes they just wanna know, okay, what are the practical applications of of whatever you studies or reading, right? And that's how I think that's how you can reach more of the masses anyway.
0: <laughs> well, I'm gonna let you go about your day and hopefully this didn't uh, drain you in any way, shape, or...
1: No, I feel good. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this wave and keep going for a few hours. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I really appreciate you coming on. So yeah, yeah. All those this is the the very first of the rebrand and you know, I'll upload it. I'll give you the details off air and, and everybody yeah. into it. You've it's, it's already, it's up. So you're already listening to it. Um, and a few thoughts too, is I've got to get better at this is first of all, you know, I am working on, you know, building my own Instagram following. I've been doing this way, way, way too long to not have put more effort into it. So, you know, if if you want, find me on uh, Instagram at Andrew Coates Fitness. And uh, I hope that the listeners, the people who are enjoying this, you guys will share this with other people. That way I can reach a broader audience. I can get you know, more great guests on for you guys and help you. And, you know, f- reviews, preferably five-star versus one-star. is always good on iTunes. And uh, I don't think there's much more housekeeping than that. So, And, of course, I can't stress this enough. You know, you should be following Sohi and engage with what she's doing. Right?
1: Yeah. I'm so he fit across all of my platforms. Very easy.
0: Very easy. Thank God there's no other famous Sohi. There's one guy, his name is Chris Vrooman. And Chris is, you know, just, you know, general trainer, whatever. Turns out there's a Chris Vrooman who's also a keto guy. He's oh no. <laughs> who Shares this right. So that can like, be
1: confusing, huh?
0: Not a common name. And yet somehow there's two of them yeah. in our space. So yeah, thankfully there's not another Sohi.
1: <laughs> All good.
0: All right. I hope you guys have a wonderful time. Thank um, you. I'll. Uh, you know what? I still have to get Ben on as a guest. I mean, I won't make that ask soon, but if it's something that he's interested in, you know, I'd love to share him with you. He is a
1: wealth wealth of knowledge.
0: I've actually been following for him for a very long time. He he puts out a lot of really cool stuff. He's pretty. So you know what, girls, if you want to follow him, he's very pretty.
1: Yeah. But he's not available, so back off, bitch.
0: <laughs> cool. uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I really appreciate yeah. you coming on for the first version of this. And I've got a lot of big, great guests coming up. So stay tuned. I'm looking for the stop recording there. We